Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the Webby Awards, I'm David Michelle Davies. This is the Webby Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to Season 9 of the Webby Podcast. April is one of my favorite times of the year. It's springtime in New York, and also the 26th annual Webby nominees were recently announced. So we're dedicating this episode to that by talking about some of this year's nominated projects. Of course, I can't do that alone, so today I'm joined by two experts on what makes for an incredible internet, Claire Graves, president of the Webby Group, and Steve Marchese, our chief production officer. I won't give everything away, but I will say that this year's nominees represent the most creative, tech-savvy, thought-provoking, and, yes, weird projects on the internet. Stay tuned for the rest of Season 9. We have conversations with some of the best creators on the internet coming your way. Webby winners like astrologer Chani Nicholas, founder of the Be My Eyes app, Hans Jorgen Viberg, and more. All right, it's time to get to it. Steve gets us started on a music project that keeps getting better and better. We've done this uh, for a number of years, try to bring deep cuts to the table, but I also like to bring one relatively ubiquitous thing that we all know and love, and and I think this is that, and it's the Spotify 2021 wrapped. And uh, the reason why I chose this, the reason why I love it, uh, not only is it because it's very design forward, which you know I, I, I love, but it's uh, a music and data viz nerd's dream. And that's like the nexus of everything that I love. So it's social, it's branded, it's advertising, it's mobile. You know, I love how design matters and how it sort of drives it, but also how functional and how it always works. I don't think I've ever seen anyone complain about the 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 the, the app not working or failing. It's just usually complaints about people's tastes, which, uh, you know, I have a lot of issues with. Uh, some people that I was really good friends with until I saw what their top tens were uh Ooh, ouch. i'm just saying i mean if you're gonna put it out there i'm not gonna put it out there that's why i never do it because i know <laughs> that it's always gonna be the wiggles or whatever <laughs> my son is listening to i think that's that was exactly what i was thinking and, that, and that's how this whole thing has like really become a conundrum for me which is that it's like got so messed up by my kids spotify but then as my kids have gotten older it actually has made me like it's made my mind shareable like I'm not embarrassed by my own music anymore because now my kids' music is somewhat cool. And I'm it's, like, I was gonna say it's cooler. possible that your kids' music is cooler. It is. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. And also, what's happened is that I, you know, my young my son started off into a huge like Old Town Road sauna for like two years, where we heard every single version of Old Town Road, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. But then somehow discovered that I really ended up liking Lil Nas X. And uh, now Lil Nas X was actually on my Spotify wrapped list and I was like sort of proud of it and I kind of really like it. You know, the the best part, at least for me, is is the total amount of genres that are available. Like there is somebody was able to get into the API and exported out a list of all the genres that are inside of Spotify and it's like 800 plus genres of stuff. And it's always really interesting to see like what people's number one genre is to me. 
What is your number one genre? I I have to go and look. I I, I have listened to a lot of world music recently, like over the last year. Um, I think soul might have been number one, but then there was like indie rock and then like electronic or something. It was very, I'm wildly schizophrenic when it comes to my musical stuff going on. So So you're you're unwrapped, Claire. Yours was like sort of like mine was a bunch of years ago, where it's mostly little children. Yes. Although Frankie, you know, actually Frankie has started an obsession with david bowie so oh, i think this oops. year oh. it'll be better okay we'll see it's just going to be david bowie probably uh-huh. you, hey. you just definitely parent bragged hard right there this oh, is a young boy found with him a t-shirt. phenomenal tastes he's got a t-shirt yep. d is for david bowie <laughs> well let's say that it was a great it was a great unwrap for spotify and you know i think they've it's one or been nominated a bunch of other times so yeah. not super surprising but a great program they do yeah they're constantly innovating with it too and they push it a little bit every year and 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 it's nice to see how it goes in terms of not only the design direction but they add new features to it and they use the data in interesting ways it's just you know they've maximized it for sharing they've really tapped into something that people on the internet love they love to share my, that's it's my number one for pick them to have a thing that people look forward to every year isn't it it is yeah. Well, they don't do it as much now, too, and then oh, we'll go on to the next thing. But um, they also used to do this thing where they would make fun of certain uh, regions based on what they listened to the most and yeah. post ads about it. So like in, Williamsburg. Yeah, so in Brooklyn, yeah. they were like, ha-ha, Williamsburg, you all listen to Justin Bieber the second most or something, and it was like this big banner campaign. Yeah. Claire Graves, our president, president of the Webby Awards. What, 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 what are one of the... One of your favorite projects this year that's a nominee okay so i have three i obviously have three things because all of us have three things and two of mine are quite impactful um but the first one is a very impressive advertising campaign it's one of those campaigns that when you see it you get that feeling that you've just seen something that is going to make a mark on you and the industry and i think this one is just very clever it's from leo Burnett, chicago it's called the lost class did either of you see The Lost Class? I did. I know you saw it. I have not seen it yet. It's a gun violence campaign. It's for It was for um, universal background checks. And it was just really, really clever. So what they did, it's they asked one of the old presidents of the NRA to come and present to a class. Um, and he got there and there was 3,044 empty chairs and he thought he was just practicing. But instead he was doing a, um, a presentation to the number of children that are not graduating that year because they've been killed by gun violence. Oh, wow. And it is just the visual of it is unbelievable with these white chairs and obviously huge press thing went around the world and got hundreds of thousands of people to sign up to back universal background checks i always think about like as a as from a production perspective how they were able to maintain with the former president of the nra that like it was not going to be something that it ultimately became like he goes into it really thinking that like he's about to deliver a speech about gun rights and they just did such an amazing job flipping it to such a, a powerful visual not only visual but like just the the whole idea is so strong you know, I love it. And the cost of it is also there's there's nothing really to it because there's the chairs and the stage and the and the capture. But yeah, kind of an an incredible campaign. That's obviously very sad, but uh, important work being done. And one of the things I think we're all proud of is that there's always a lot of really great important work done that gets nominated and that's purposeful and meaningful. Sometimes it's about really difficult issues like this. 
And, um, and you know, for them also, they've nominated four times, which is a, a huge number of nominations to get at the Webby Awards. So um, big congratulations to the team at Leo Burnett Chicago for that one. Well, next up, I have one that I'm, I saw as it came in and I checked it out and I was so happy to see it did end up getting nominated. It's just such a favorite project of mine. It's called, it's a website. It's called How Normal Am I? It's a nominee in the net art category. You know, you sort of like, you know, click the button and start and it uses your camera to run a bunch of algorithms to show you what computers think of you and how computers use your facial, your face and facial recognition technology to figure stuff out about you. So it's everything from like, um, it gives you a score of how beautiful or in my case, not beautiful I am. Um, and sort of compares you to other people is based just on facial recognition. Uh, it figures it takes a guess at how old you are and then asks you to say how old, how old you are. So it can match to that. Um, it also tries to figure out your body mass index. So, you know, this sounds kind of silly, but actually as they, as the, the website shares with you through the process, it sort of talks about all the different ways this information is used by websites and other forms of technology. And so for instance, dating sites sometimes use the like, how beautiful you are score to try and match you with other people who are the same beauty level, which I found to be really amazing and very happy that I was married long before there were ever dating apps. Um, That's awful. I just wonder, I wonder if Tom Brady did this. See listeners, you don't, you don't really, you may not know what DMD looks like, but he looks a little bit like Tom Brady. So I wonder if Tom Brady did that. If, what, if, I, what, I thought it was the comedian. Who does DMD? Oh, Bill Hader too. Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah, Bill Hader or Tom Tom I, Tom Brady. You but know, I, they might have both gotten the same poor score, but both of them have much much more money than I do. It <laughs> <laughs> probably helps them out. But it's you know it's a great um it's it a is great a cool site because it just sort of really I think shows you in a very sort of poignant and like personal way, um you know why we have to pay attention to these issues, why facial recognition yeah. issues are important, and why regulation is important, and and why we should be thinking about this stuff and not just sort of ignoring it. No, it, you know, I, I remember playing around with it and realizing I was having fun, but also learning something really serious at the same time, which is so hard to do with the web experience. And like, they did a really nice job with that. And all that data yeah, is being captured and being in, 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 in being utilized in ways to, to market to us and, and identify our patterns and just love the experience. Yeah, that was a cool, that's a good pick. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. uh, make sure to... Um... You know, you probably want to put put that little safety thing on the camera when you're not using it. That was oh yeah, we have some of those somewhere, don't we? we the the, the, the single most important piece of, I guess it hard, hardware. Yeah, I mean it's sort of you know like yeah. important piece for you. Anyway, so, so check that out. That's in the net art category. You can you can vote at that vote on that or anything else in the net art category. I'm not telling you what you should vote on. Um, <laughs> Webdoors.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Next up, Steve, I think you had a, a podcast to share? No, uh, a website to share. Oh, I did. And um, what's really interesting is that the website that I uh, chose is also a normal, uh, yours being a, uh, this is the new normal, which we've talked about quite a bit. And uh, I wanted to pick something that was just really clean and functionally beautiful. You know, I, I, it, it's an extension a little bit. All three things that I pick kind of like there's a little bit of a narrative between them all. And uh, this ostensibly is a project that is um, from a, an agency called Schema. And they worked with Axios and Google Trends. And what they did was they basically built a visualization tool that utilizes Google Trends and it explores shopping interests for various products, right? And and during the COVID-19 pandemic, like literally like mouse pads and mops and like the most boring things that you could think of. And they kind of put them into three patterns. They uh, identify it as normal, unusual, and then the new normal, which is really interesting to look at. And it's like this massive graph of individual charts, beautifully done, super minimal design, but like when you realize some of these products, and let me, you know, I have it up yes, in front of me. Powder. Yeah, like a dishwasher, dog supplies, washing machines, spices. Are those new normal? Or these, those the, normal? If, you, if you look at them, yeah, these are all new normal, right? Uh-huh. So if you go to unusual, there's things like bandanas. Okay. Of course, you, you can imagine a spike, right? Things like compost, paint, tissue paper. Uh, and then if you go to normal, that, you know, artwork, armchairs, shampoo. Like they went through like hundreds of different products and you can sort it by new normal. And when you look at the new normal, you see things like card games, cat treats, you know, printers, propane. These are all sort of things that went up in, in buying. Not only did they, 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 they were purchased more and they're continuing to be purchased, which is the new normal stuff. The unusual are the things that spiked during the pandemic. And now that we're slowly coming out of it, you're seeing it return to where it was. And then obviously the normal stuff is the same patterns. Shampoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, not that people bought less shampoo. No. We didn't all get no, it's just the, at home alone. It was just that <laughs> It's just they the bought the same, same amount of shampoo. Got it. Right? Hang on a second. The washing machine. Was that the new That's normal, the new normal or was that? The, the washing machine was in uh, new normal. People staying home. Getting dirty. Not wanting to go maybe to the laundromat, the laundromat which is a, you know, a lot oh, of people yeah, with dirty clothes in their the space. So, so, so people have... Unfortunately, we'll probably see a lot of laundromats closing, you know, if, if, if this pattern holds. But there's definitely less things in the new normal, but it's just like such a beautifully elegant experience. And I just found myself like sucked in. It is a rabbit hole uh, that you would not expect. And that's like my favorite stuff yeah. at the Webbies are like, yeah, sure. You, you know, you make a beautiful music app like, yeah, I'm going to go in and, and play around. But this is not something that I expected to pull me in. And I found myself just like in there for like what was the 15, 20 minutes. Mouse pad, mouse pad at the beginning. What mouse pads are new normal. Working yeah. At home. Yeah. People working at home. At the beginning. Who uses mouse pads anymore? Yeah. It seems like a. You know what's really interesting too? Gutters is in the new normal because if people are just home, so they're doing home improvement. Doing stuff. Right. And they're home more. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Or, or people are spending time maybe if they have like a second home. And they haven't done work on it, you know, and like the, the thought of the gutters, like Why? it's really interesting to me. Like, you know what my uh, my my favorite thing on here is, and it's it's not unrelated to the conversation we had today about um, the empty calories in a date. Figs, 
love fig your fig. figs are in the new normal. Huh. I don't know. People no. are eating more figs, and figs they continue eating a lot more figs. Maybe it's like maybe it's like sourdough or something. People discovered figs. Go uh, digestion. Help go me with go digestion. figure. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> good one. I had to bring one. I didn't, I didn't really one. figure you for a laundry mask, Dan. Though I have to say, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's well, that was uh, that was my. Uh... That's sort of you know. I think that um, well, I, anyway, people are interested in consumer trends. I think that's and, it is. It is. It is the ultimate yeah, ultimate yeah. consumer trends Super website. Yep, Claire. Um, why don't you tell us about your? I, I know you're going to have a. I mean, when have you never had a podcast? You know, I have talk a podcast. About this, so there's got to be a podcast. Okay. Well, you both know that I'm a big fan of the podcast company Lemonada Media. We all love Lemonada. Everybody loves yeah. Lemonada. Yeah. So, I the podcast that I have for you is actually their very first podcast. Ooh. Uh it's called Last Day, and it is an interview podcast with the host, one of the founders of Lemonada. There's two founders of Lemonada. Stephanie and Jessica, and they came together because uh, they both have brothers who tragically uh, died through overdosing. And so the first podcast is about that. Um, and the episode that I loved particularly, which is up for best individual episode, is Last Day trauma and it is one of those episodes that I rethink and recount in my head all the time it is just a such a fascinating subject so trauma I think is fascinating but also kind of really uh there is so much to unpack within trauma and this episode is talking to a trauma expert and one of the things that he's talking about is the fact that you don't have the same childhood as your siblings. So she was kind of, Stephanie was um, trying to understand that her brother had had a different childhood to her and she thought that they had a great childhood, very loving parents, etc. But this guy was explaining that actually because you grow up at different ages, you have different experiences to your siblings. So your parents may have divorced at a different age and that impacts you differently. You have different relationships with both of your parents. You have different relationships with your siblings. Everything is actually really different, which blew my mind. I had never thought about it like that. And so I really, really, really think that everybody should listen to this episode. It's fantastic. Last day, trauma. Fascinating. You have siblings. Do you? I do. I mean, I'm, and I'm the youngest by a lot. Uh -huh. So I so can relate to that. you had a really different child. Completely different at that point, you know, like a lot more freedom. My parents were older and they were already had raised two kids and they were just like, all right, you know, he's not going to break himself. Like let him, let him go do stuff. So I benefited from being the youngest. I also sort of, you know, it was a little bit of like an only child as well, you know, because mm -hmm. my, my, you know, you, you, you know, my, my mother would tell my brother, Hey, go, go play with your brother. He's 16. I'm seven. Like it's, like, you know, it's not the same. So yeah, I, I can, that's a, an episode I'm going to listen to for sure. I can relate. I mean, I always, I mean, I, I just think about my, my, so you now. have your brother too though, right? Yeah, I yeah. do. And we, and we're also the same, same situation. He's six years older. Um, so definitely can relate to that. But I think about it too, as my children now, the thing I always think about is uh, my, my older son was almost four when my younger son was born. And it's like, the, the idea that they, the one existed with when the other one didn't, even though I was there and I remember it, it's just a crazy concept to us that like he was actually 
you know, we had a whole life for three and a half years without our second son. And it just feels like he's, you know, was always there the whole time, but he wasn't. But, and even, you know, cause you know, I have a three-year-old and an 11 month old and still it's all kind of pivoting around the three-year-old still. So there's oh, yeah. even more time where they're still the number one attention seeker. And then the, and then the second one comes in. Yeah. It's a fascinating topic. I mean, so many, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it makes perfect sense. It's impossible to really relate to, I mean, you can relate to it yourself, but like the, the implications of the number one child being the number one child just go on forever, no matter how aware you are of it and how much you're trying not to do that. It's just three years of habit, right? They're it's the like, first. They hard. learn to yeah. speak the first. They do the cute things first. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they break you in. So the yes. so so people like Steve get to have a get to go hang out in Alphabet City when he's 17. <laughs> the train to New York City. Is that Max Fish? <laughs> uh, well, I'll go next. Um, I had one that I actually had seen, I think, on the New York Times, and then I saw it was a nominee, so I was kind of excited about that. So it's, it's in the short-form documentary category in video. Uh, it's very short, actually, and it's called The Queen of Basketball. And it's actually part of a larger you know, piece of video that I think you can find on the New York times and in other places. Um, it was, uh, created by, uh, breakwater, um, which I think is a production company that probably works for them. And so, you know, people can go look at it on our site at webbywords.com video documentary short form, but it's a very short, but cool story of this woman, the queen of basketball called Lucy May Harris, who was the first woman basketball player drafted in the NBA. Um, and I actually don't think that many other women basketball players have ever been drafted in the NBA. So not only is the first, but it's probably one of the very few. She was drafted by the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah Jazz. Um, and it's sort of just a little bit of, of her story. And the interesting thing about, I, f- I don't want to ruin it, but there's a sort of production kind of turn of sleight of hand that they do in the way they tell the story, which is kind of fun. But um, for me, I was really into it because it's just enough information about it to make you want to go read all about it. It doesn't have all the information, but from there, you know, I sort of jumped into the Wikipedia page and the ESPN page and the basketball reference and all these different stories. And, you know, she's somebody who's been talked about a lot over the years. There's a lot of media out there about her. So just a, just a really interesting, really well-made short one minute video, but just kind of like told me something I didn't know and got me kind of researching um, Lucy May Harris. You know, you know what I love about it is it's, it's, Produced by uh, Steph Curry and Shaq, so you is have that like Breakwater. I didn't realize that was the name. Uh, I don't know if that's like their company, but yes. I know that they, they Shaq is at the beginning. Yeah, so Shaq like, and oh, Steph Curry were company. involved in the production, so you get like two of the all-time greats. Yeah, and you get that real that real ba- basketball passion behind it. She also was the she scored the first basket in women's Olympic basketball history, like the first oh, basket wow. ever. So like really legendary that's person that a lot of people didn't know about. I, I'm glad you brought that one up. I was I was thinking about that a couple of days ago. Folks at the New York Times, they know how to make video. They do. They, I mean, they've they been making video for a long time and they, they really do know what they're doing over there. Like I said, it's in documentary short, so encourage people to go watch that and watch the other great documentaries in that category. Um, Steve, I think you're up next. Am I up with my, my, my final one is, is uh, it's in the game category, which uh, over the years at the Webby Awards, it's really grown to include some really incredible titles and talk about a lot of the big games that are out there. But this is one from one of my all-time favorite Webby winning organizations, which is the NFB, which is the National Film Boards of Canada. Um, 
they do incredible interactive experiences online. It's a mix of documentary, interactivity, wonderful reporting and writing. I know, Claire, you're a fan. Internet legends, those National Film World of Canada people. Ab- absolutely. I mean, and, and they this is a game. Um, I guess, it, you know, it, it may be, maybe I shouldn't say a game um, because it's, it's called Wayfinder. Um, it's a very contemplative, interactive experience. Uh, it is a game. You sort of have game-like movement. You have a character that is in this this world, but it's this WebGL2 built experience. It's totally generative. So like when you load the screen, you're loading something that did not exist before you went and do it. And then and as you play, you're looking for these tokens. There's beautiful sort of poetic words that come when you get it. It's just, um, it's, it's sort of like reminds me of a, a little bit of Monument Valley, like where it's games are as 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 meditation mm-hmm. you know there's really there's, there's yeah, yeah it's it's i mean 100 percent. It. it's very you know it's beautifully like scored and it's another example of a company that's been innovating on the internet for so long the nfb does such cool stuff so um yeah i found myself in there like you know i, I try to meditate i'm all right but like this is the kind of meditation i love of like being in this open world generative environment knowing that like where I bring my character, the interactions that I do in there, no one else has ever done before, mm. you know, because it's generating leaves and trees in places that like it didn't generate for other people, you know, as you move your character around. Do we have, cool. do we have some sense of what is the gener- what is the fuel of the generate generativeness? Is that the right thing? What's the, what is it using to generate the newness? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all code based, yeah. you know? So like, that's the, that's the most incredible part. They, um, it's not I, like the way you breathe creates the. No, the, no, no. It's that. that I mean, it would be. Input, it'd be incredible if it, if if that was the case. Uh, but right now, it's it's sort of how you move mm. on the screen, where you bring your character to, the pace by which you do it. Um, you know, really just interesting sort of use of generative art, and yeah. we hear a lot of that now in the <laughs> Web three world in terms of PFPs and things like that. But this is truly sort of like uh, kind of open world ish, uh, no man's sky kind of, but in a a much more like contemplative. I, it's the, the first word that comes to my ma- my mind with this is like, it's just very poetic. Uh, it's like an animated journey across this land. It's just beautiful experience. Sounds amazing. Experience. What's it, it, is. it? Say the name again. Wayfinder. Wayfinder. Yes. Wayfinder.nfb.ca, which you can then see all the other amazing stuff that the NFB has been doing for a long time, including a lot of Webby winning and nominated uh, stuff. I yeah. mean, as Claire was saying, total legend in the Webby Awards world, NFB. Yep. Um, you, you, one thing I just wanted to touch on really quick here is you sort of made this allusion to whether it was a game or not. What's the, what sort of your thinking there? Is it just, is it, it's sort of, is that like a label that experiences like this don't really like to have? Or is just that it's sort of, there's a thinking now that these things are broader than, games and games is too small of a way of thinking about them or so what did you mean by that i think ultimately they they entered the game category so i think right. they think that you know i think they and they, they call it a game okay. you know um but when you go to the site you know you, you land on wayfinder and they describe it as an animated journey across the poetry of the land right so right. there there are game mechanics in there for sure uh-huh. right you are a character you're looking for these tokens there's a lot of familiarity with like the way that we play games, you know, although it's not side scrolling or it's not first person, right. it's still very familiar in terms of like the environment that you're in. It, it, it looks like a game, but it feels like something, something more than that. 
there's an argument that like the definition of a game has become wildly ambiguous these days yeah. for sure you go back to like you know art you know like like all the alternate reality games that we used to do the args that were on the internet that are coming back again a lot of the things that you're seeing in web3 space are, are game like so i think i would call it game like hmm. would be my but they don't take all your money right Just no kidding. there is there is no v bucks you know like there is there's there are no virtual, virtual currencies inside of the wayfinder even better yeah well that's that's a great one for people to check out and what category was it one more time uh, it's in the game, and I think this was best art direction. Art direction, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Claire, I think you had one more. I have one more. It's very simple. It's very weird, actually. It is a nominee in the weird car- um, category for social. It's called Effin' Birds, and I like it because it is so weird. It's basically black and white pictures of birds with captions that are kind of incongruous. They're a bit sweary, and it tickles me. Huh. And this is like a social feed. Yes. The gentleman that has done it uh, has made it into a business. There's lots of swag. You can like buy a t-shirt. You with can the, buy t-shirts, hats, caption. posters, cups, everything. Huh. And what it's are some great. of the, any, any ones come to mind? Well, it's that a bit you really sweary. Like? Shall I, shall I say it? It's quite sweary. Uh, I mean, you know, you could try and I could beat, we could beat it or just, you know, let me bring the... some up for you. Um, I know you like birds DMD, so. Let me find a bird that I think you would like. If I know any of these birds, you would know the birds more than me probably. All right, so here's a picture of, I think, a sparrow. It looks like a sparrow to me. And it says, tell your mother to eat beep. Okay, I see now what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's called effing birds. I guess I should have figured that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a mug that says eat farts. Okay. <laughs> that's quite a good one, I that think. Sounds like... <laughs> Is that from a bird saying that? Uh, There's a bird on it. I mean, gosh, that sounds right up my son's alley who loves birds and being 12 also. I mean, fart jokes. So it's a nice looking mug. I'd probably be mad I said that. Aaron Reynolds is his name and he's got 325,000 followers. And it's not just me that loves it. Looks like lots of our friends love it as well. Awesome. It's great. I mean, it's, you know, it's great to see independence and and fun, fun social projects and weird social projects. and bird social projects get nominated you know that's what that's what it's all about so well i guess i you know i didn't really have a third one but i i did have one thing circled here just because i thought it would be fun to hear the two of you just go on and on about it and this is a podcast and while i know that most people a lot of people will have known about this podcast there probably might be one person listening to it who hasn't and will make their day i feel like and so i think it's worth bringing up that i know what he's for, for our for our friends here at home and who are listening these two people are chief production officers steve marchese and the webby awards the president of the webby awards group claire graves they talk about this one podcast all day every can i day, guess all the time yes. can i guess smartless yes and it is a nominee <laughs> this year i can't believe they didn't bring it up we love smartless they love it so hard it's embarrassing uh they are smartless stands fans and every other great and bad way you could like something too much um what do you want to give us just a quip or two about what you love about it and and who's in it let's say it's an entertainment industry deep dive that is hosted by three lovable all-time greats mr will arnett sean hayes and mr jason bateman i believe i should i should say shouldn't i say award to show just what the type of stands we are award-winning podcaster sean hayes Right, because we'll, we'll, he's the one up for the iHeart podcast yep. award, and all three of them will 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 potentially be Webby winners, which would be amazing. 
uh, I look, uh, Tracy, if you're listening, uh-huh. uh, the Webby Tracy Awards, in <laughs> Tracy in Wisconsin. No, it, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, I think you know, they, they invite a lot of people on that they've worked with before. They're able to coax a level of just like comfort out of their guests and get kind of deep into topics. And they just, they, in terms of like great podcasts, they have incredible chemistry. Right, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think mm. it's hilarious. So the premise of it for the people that haven't actually listened to it before is they have eat one of them chooses a guest, invites a guest on, and the others don't know that that person is coming, and then they have to guess, and then they get to have the conversation. And it's funny because they are quite like fanny about oh, the yeah. person, and they're dorky about the. Did you listen to the one about with Radiohead? I did. And it was awkward in how how dorky they were about it, but it was very sweet. Yeah, I mean, even the one with like Eddie Vedder, like you know, uh, Will Arnett was just like fanboying the whole time. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because if somebody comes on that sort of like has a stage and screen background, Sean fans out. If it's somebody kind of a deep, because like Bateman likes to talk about directing a lot these days, so he really gets into the film part, and they just. They just, they're so quick with each other. They have all these inside jokes. It's just such an easy listen. It's just simply entertaining. It's a great escape. Wouldn't you say it's just it's a, a great escape? It's a great escape. I mean, I think they've been working together in some capacities, I think, for many years. I know that, um, you know, I think we had we had some of them actually at the Webby's board for before us, and they were, they were, you could tell they were friends and stuff together. They were there together. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, check it out. It's called Smartless. It's in, do we know category it's in? I think they're in a few humor. Categories. It's humor podcast. Yeah, sure. Humor best yeah. hosts, I think. Something best like host that. was what it was. Yeah, it was co-host actually. Co-hosts. Yes, it was the best co-host. So you, you know how hard it is for me not to try to do a bye right now. Uh, try and do one. Well, um, thank you both for joining. It's been a fun tradition that we've renewed here. Now that we're back in the studio, we're in in person. We're not like in weird closets in our own homes and apartments anymore after all these years. Uh, I want to encourage everybody listening, uh, go vote for some Webby Award nominated experiences, apps, um, podcasts, websites, advertising campaigns, social games, whether it's a game or not a game. Uh, You can do that at WebbyAwards.com. There's a button there. You can click on vote or you can go straight to vote.webbyawards.com. Voting will be going on this week, next week, and the week after. So you still got some time, but um there is an incredible amount of great internet work that was made this year i believe we are recognizing all of it at webbyawards.com so check it out and again thank you both for joining it's been fun thanks for having us dmd always it's always a pleasure always look forward to it bye bye Bye. thanks to steve and claire for joining this week's podcast those were great projects but they were only a small handful of the incredible work being honored this year We've listed each of the nominees we discussed in our show notes if you want to learn more. But more importantly, go see all the nominees and vote for your favorites at vote.webbyawards.com through April 21st. You can reach me on social at DMDLikes. Our editor is Kate Mishkin. Our editorial lead is Jordana Jarrett. Our producer is Cecilia Betzel. Music is Poddington Bear. Claire Graves is our president. I'm your host, David Michelle Davies, and this is the Webby Podcast. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.